we are back with the second episode of the big big 10 football show today we will be breaking down season totals the over unders for the big 10 squads going into the season this is uh folks this is more of a true uh betters episode than a fans but i think fans will enjoy this information as well uh, i'm not going to give you every team um in depth at least i, I will touch upon teams i'm not going to give you necessarily predictions but i'm going to give you plays i'm going to give you picks for the big 10 season totals with the season on the eve of the season on the eve of week zero with illinois and nebraska uh set to play tomorrow two teams that i'm actually picking interestingly enough but let's start at the top with my favorite two plays if you want to call them five stars call them five stars my favorite two plays number one in gambling when everybody zigs, you zag. Everyone is down on the Michigan Wolverines. And I believe it's an overreaction. Now, let me start this out. This is going to be a theme throughout the show. I, am, I myself am not putting too much stock into last year. I haven't done this for any sports team. Um, if there's an anomaly that happened during the COVID year, I'm just not going to put a lot of credence into it. I'm, I'm going to want to see it more. And an anomaly is Michigan having a losing season. An anomaly is Jim Harbaugh having a losing season. I know every, he's the coach everybody loves to hate right now and loves to criticize, and they're coming off a 2-4 and four season. And I get why Michigan fans might want him out or people think he's underachieved. Well, first of all, he has underachieved. That's not in question. But that's not the point of this number at 7.5. Also, why Michigan fans want him out is because he hasn't beaten Ohio State, not because he struggled getting more than seven and a half wins. That, that's not an issue for Harbaugh. He's coached five full seasons at Michigan. You know what his win totals are? Ten regular season win totals. They're atrocious in the bowls. Again, doesn't matter. Don't let that paint your image of, of this team going into the season, especially when it comes with the win totals. Because bowl losses, they don't apply. It's just that simple. All right, regular season, five regular seasons, nine wins, 10 wins, eight wins, 10 wins, nine wins. So basically, he can go eight and four, which would be matching his worst season at Michigan. And you still cash in. You get to cash in. He could go eight and four, get blown out by Ohio State, get blown out in a bowl game, get fired, and you still win the over. That's kind of crazy to me. I, I, I don't think you see that often with a gambling number where a team can be viewed as having a season where the coach gets fired on a year that you go over the number. Now, this team, folks, people are going to tell you they're just not talented. Well, if people tell you that, they're either lying or they don't know what they're talking about. Because if you want to look at the recruiting rankings, they are second in the Big Ten over the last four or five years to Ohio State. Not a close second, a distant second, but second nonetheless in recruiting. So they have recruited players coming in. Are they underachieving? Not really. Honestly, not really. You think they are. Sometimes I think they are. 
but there really haven't been that much of an underachieving team. When you look at the Massey ratings and chart the ratings with their recruiting, the, the data points are pretty close. They're pretty darn close. Some years, they're a little bit below. Some years, they're slightly above even. Now, and, and in terms of talent going out, they're still getting first-round picks, guys. And they have Aiden Hutchinson, who uh, the last uh, 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 big board I saw this morning, somebody had him as rated as number 11th for the upcoming draft. So he's he's looking like another future first-round pick edge rusher. You got Daxton Hill, who's got first-round talent. They're, this lineup, you know, they have not a ton of five stars, but they have a couple of five stars. They have a ton of four stars. It's a very talented team that I believe has gotten undervalued. Pound the over on seven and a half with Michigan. All right, my second five star. We're going with the Nebraska Cornhuskers at six and a half. Think about that, six and a half. And think about everything, you know, you've heard about Jim Harbaugh. You know what Nebraska's head coach uh, record is? 12 and 20. 12 and 20. This is the flip of Michigan. Scott Frost can have his best season and go 6 and 6 and make a bowl game and save his job. And you can still cash in on the under. How often does that happen? A coach on the hot seat, some might argue the hottest seat. And he could get off the hot seat, yet the team still comes in under the number at six and a half. So I I, I love the under here with Nebraska. Um, you know, do they have the talent to go over uh, six and a half wins? Of course they have the talent to go over six and a half wins. That's not the point. The point is they consistently underachieve. Their, you know, recruiting rankings, they're in that four, five, six range. This team should be as good or better than Wisconsin and Iowa year in and year out. But you know what? They never are. They never are. When's the last time they were better than either one of those programs? And it hasn't happened at all under Scott Frost. There's no reason to trust him. There's no reason to trust the program, in my opinion. And the schedule is tough. The schedule is tough. Yeah, Buffalo and Southeast Louisiana are easy. But after that, they got to go to Oklahoma and lick their wounds after getting spanked by the by the Sooners in that, you know, old rivalry game. Um, and you have a lot of losable games here. You know, I'm not giving Nebraska a win week one at Illinois. You know, at Michigan State, they're only a four-point favorite. Northwestern, Purdue, these are all under a touchdown. They're probably going to have to win all four of those games at Illinois, at Michigan State versus Northwestern versus Purdue. They win all four. They still not necessarily, they could win all four and still go six and six with losses to Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma. So I'm very um, bullish or bearish, I should say, on Nebraska going into this season. I, I think six and six is definitely realistic. That's what the schedule is set up for. At the same time, if you ask me what's, you know, is there a better chance they go four and eight or eight and four? I'm saying four and eight. I'm saying four and eight. The quarterback hasn't developed. 
Um, the, the offensive line still has some question marks to me. They weren't great last year and they lost two guys to the NFL. I keep hearing how the offensive line is going to be better. That equation doesn't really add up for me. And if the quarterback does get hurt, their, their depth has been demolished by, by the transfer portal. So uh, it could really get ugly if, if, if Martinez goes down. All right, let's move on from our two top picks, our five-star picks, and go with our four stars. I'm going to stay in the Big Ten West for a little bit here and give you the Purdue Boilermakers at number, at five. That's their win totals at five. I'm going, I'm going to surprise you. I'm going with the over here. I'm going with the over. I am a believer in Jeff Brom. I think he's a good football coach. I think he had a rough year two years ago. Things didn't, you know, they had some injury issues obviously Rondell Moore went down um and and I I don't think people realize just how atrocious Purdue was when he took over they probably had the least talent in the Big Ten they probably had less talent than Illinois less talent than Rutgers um so this job you know he did a phenomenal job those first two years and now he's trending down which I think why I think that's why you have some value here but I think, I think Purdue is headed for a, a five and five or a, a five and seven, excuse me, or a six and six type of season, which means a win or a push. If it was five and a half, I'd probably say pass. But I do like it. <clears throat> I do like it at five. Um, the schedule does have some tough road games as they play at number four Ohio State, at number nine Notre Dame, at Iowa. But you know that's not the worst thing because. Hey, are you picking them to beat Ohio State or Notre Dame if they play those games at home? Play those games on the road. Play Ohio State on the road, but then you get Michigan State and Indiana at home. I think that's what you'd rather have because now those are winnable games. Michigan State at home is a winnable game. Indiana at home, believe it or not, is a winnable game. Minnesota, where they're only getting two points, that's a winnable game. At Nebraska versus Northwestern, these are all winnable games. I expect them to beat Oregon State and UConn and out of conference. Uh, they're a double-digit favorite over Illinois at home. And uh, you know the way they play, and Jeff Brom throws the ball around, and he's not afraid to take shots down the field. That's why when you talk about the three games where they're big underdogs in, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Iowa, I- I'm telling you, they're going to give one of those teams a scare too. So even if I'm not even asking for the upset, but I think the floor here is four wins, the ceiling is eight. So... The number at five, I think that's the way to go. I think it's not going to be, a, it might not be a winner, but I'd be shocked if it's a loser. And I think there's a decent chance they get that six win, make it back to a bowl. You know, Brian Brom has done it twice. He's done it before. So I think he can do it again. We got uh, one more here in the Big Ten West, and that is the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Their number is at six and a half. I know it's at seven in some places. So look for that six and a half. I believe DraftKings does have it at six and a half. That's where I got it at. Um, The Gophers are also coming off a rough season. And again, I'm not going to put too much stock into that. I I think, uh, and I'm not Mr. Golden Gopher here, folks, because I I thought the year they won 11 games was a little bit smoke and mirrors. Um, They played a a very very easy out of conference schedule and even with that they got the ball bouncing their way on special teams defensive scores that type of thing to to 
prevent what could have been a disastrous uh, one and two start that season on their way to that those 11 wins but the number is pretty low at six and a half and this Gophers team has been a consistent program that makes bowl games so yeah they can make it at six and six and you could lose but I think I think seven or eight wins is very very doable for for the Golden Gophers I love the fact that they have one of the best offensive lines in college football. Still not a huge fan of Tanner Morgan, especially without NFL receivers like uh, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. I know they have Chris Altman Bell and and a four-star kid, Daniel Jackson, who is my breakout player. Um, It's still a little downgrade in terms of the level of receiver, but I think Tanner Morgan will be significantly better than he was last year. He won't be as good as he was in 2019, but that's okay. That's okay for our purposes. The offensive line, though, let let me tell you about this group. 161 starts, five players with at least 13 starts, five players who, five of them who are going to be in their fifth or sixth season in college football, all with this program, uh, Minnesota. Daniel Falele is the six foot nine inch Australian who tips the scale at 400 pounds. You heard it right, 400 pounds. He's one of, you could see three or four guys from this offensive line getting drafted. So I think, you know, and I think the defense will not be as horrendous as it was last season. Um, Looking at the schedule, they do get Ohio State week one, which is a tough way to start. But hey, if you're going to play the Buckeyes, I think week one's the the, the week you want to do it. Um, if I give them losses to Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, give them wins to Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green, and Illinois at home, that gives us six toss-up games. And out of those six, you're going to need Minnesota to go four and two. Well, the good news is they're favored in five. At Colorado, at Purdue, versus Nebraska, versus Maryland, and at Northwestern, they're a touchdown underdog at Indiana. I think Minnesota can win any of those seven games, uh, any of those six games, excuse me, excuse me. And I think they should go at least four and two. I think they have a chance to pull off an upset. I would not be shocked if they beat Iowa or Wisconsin, especially Wisconsin rivalry game at home. We're, you know, there's some question marks with those two programs as well. So uh, eight and eight's on the table. Seven is more likely. Either way, you cash in on over six and a half. Now let's shift to the East and we'll go to the Penn State Nittany Lions who, you know, it's really, it kind of makes me laugh when I hear people talk about uh, Penn State and Michigan and how you would think Penn State has, you know, 20 more wins than Michigan does over the past five years. They have two, they have two more wins, head to head, three and three. Um, Last season, apparently Penn State, I believe, was the only team who lost uh, players due to COVID. No, no other program had injuries, nothing. Only Penn State suffered these things. So, which is fine. I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to knock the program for last season. I think we should look at what they did before last season. I just want the consistency for all the programs, not just for Penn State. Anyway, that aside, that aside, I am, I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of the quarterback, Sean Clifford. Um, I know a lot of you people listen to other podcasts as well. Stanford Steve, um, who does this stuff, I'm a huge fan of his work, talks a lot of gambling. Football guy who talks gambling, not necessarily just a gambling guy. He actually likes the under on Penn State, and he he likes Sean 
Clifford. Well, I, I don't even like Sean Clifford. I don't think I don't think he's a good quarterback, to be honest with you. I think he struggles with decision-making. His accuracy is shaky. He doesn't show good anticipation. He seems to struggle reading defenses when dropping back. Um, he's not a big play guy. And this season, you know, they, they've benched him before. Well, this season, the bat, it's shaky. The depth is shaky because Will Levis, his backup, is going to be the starter in Kentucky. Uh, Micah Bowens, who's a third stringer, went to Oklahoma to give the Sooners some depth. So they took a hit there. Um, so Penn State, they're going to be relying a lot on the quarterback having a bounce back season. I think they do have a lot of talent on defense, um, but it's young talent. So it's unproven. They, they lost a lot of guys. Uh, they lost both defensive ends who are good, excellent pass rushers. Um, they like the guys stepping in, but again, you know, until they step in and, and prove it, we're not sure exactly what they have there. And the schedule is not easy. You have three road games against ranked teams. Now, before I said that was a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing to have your tougher games on the road and you use your games at home when you're trying to get to six wins. But it's not if you're trying to get to 10 wins, which is what Penn State has to do to beat the number at nine, which is the number I like. That's at FanDuel. I think at eight and a half, this might be a pass or, or a little less, you know, throw a little less on it. But I love it at nine because of those three road games at Wisconsin, at Iowa, at Penn State. I don't think they're going to win those games. Not with Sean Clifford. And uh, did I mention James Franklin? He's played 10 road games against ranked teams at Penn State. They're one in nine in those 10 games. Is that okay? Am I allowed? Is this permitted? Am I allowed to criticize James Franklin? I'm not sure. I'm a media member. I'm not sure if this is permitted. But or to point out that kind of stat, but James Franklin is one in nine on the road against ranked teams. So they got three ranked teams. And if they don't pull off one of those upsets, there's your three losses. And they still got to play Auburn at home. They have to play who's, you know, maybe down this year, but hey, it's Auburn. It's Auburn. And if your offense struggles against them, we know they have athletes. If they break off a big play here and there, it's not going to be an easy game. That's a losable game. Indiana at home and Michigan games they should win they've played very well and dominated Michigan when the game's in Happy Valley but you know those these are not gimme games Indiana Michigan um, they play at Maryland which is sandwiched between the Ohio State game and the Michigan game so th that's definitely a potential slip up and we know for, for Maryland Penn State's like their Super Bowl so this is, you know, potential upset special looking down the road. They also play at Michigan State to end the season. Um, you know, if, if they're if they're out of contention, who knows how that game shakes out? Michigan State probably though, you know, not the time you want to play them. Maybe they they have had things figured out by then. Who knows? But I think there's enough opportunity there where. If the number is nine, I can't, I don't see Penn State winning 10 games this year. I think nine is their ceiling. Go with the under on nine. Sticking with that under theme, Indiana Hoosiers, the number is seven and a half. Um, I, I'm still not a believer in this program. And it's not just about 
you know, getting lucky wins, or I don't want to say they got a lucky win. They got a call that went their way. It was a 50-50 call, the Penix play. Some people will argue, you know, uh, he definitely didn't score. I, I'm not even going to argue that, but it was a debatable play. My, my bigger thing is you got your, you finally got your breakthrough wins against Penn State and Michigan in a year where Penn State and Michigan had losing records. So were they really true breakthrough wins? If you beat a team with a losing record, is that really a quality win? I I don't think so because a lot of other teams beat those teams. So I can't I don't want to give them too much credit in terms of oh Tom Allen's gotten them to the to the next level. Let's see what he does this year. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm open to that possibility. Believe it or not, I may these may not I may not go perfect with all my picks, but. I really do believe this Hoosier program still has a lot to prove. I think Tom Allen's done a great job, folks. I I think with the talent they have, if they go six and six, if they go even seven and five, playing in the Big Ten East with a with a game against Cincinnati out of conference, who's who's ranked in the in the top ten heading into the season, I think that's a phenomenal season for for the Indiana Hoosiers. That's that's a fantastic season. So you know I don't want to take anything away from them, but I think it's hard to it's hard to say that they they should win eight or nine games when it's just something they've never done. They you have to go back decades for them to have a, a an eight win regular season. It just doesn't happen in Bloomington. So I think they're getting a little too much benefit of the doubt. Um, the schedule is is not not easy at all. You know, they play Minnesota, they play uh, the rival Purdue to close out the season. As I mentioned, you have um, number 10 Cincinnati early on. You start the year at number 18 Iowa. it's, It's a tough schedule. And the roster, while much improved, while maxed out, Tom Allen gets the most out of the least last year among, you know, the top four or five programs that did that in college football. The bottom line is the talent isn't that great. They're not producing bushels of NFL players of high draft picks year in and year out. And the offensive line is is considered very shaky. PFF had them last year as the second worst power five um, pass blocking offensive line since 2014. Since 2014, they were 127th in rushing yards before contact which is why they struggle to run the football and then you have the quarterback who's inconsistent I like him he's a good player Michael Penix but he's also a high variance player who who can be um very streaky with his passes um I think he could potentially throw more interceptions than he has in the past his 7.5 yards per pass last season was not impressive and then you know, the bottom line is in the last three years, he's had season ending injuries. So when I'm looking to wager on the Hoosiers, I don't want this to happen. You're not rooting it for it to happen, but you you can't expect he's going to play 12 games, not behind a shaky offensive line. So I think under is the play with Indiana. I think they're still going to have a good season. I think they're going to make a bowl. I could see seven and five, six and six, but I think under is the play. 
Now, Michigan State Spartans, I'm going to give you an over here at four and a half. I think um, there's some talent here. It's not a great team. Obviously, that's why the number is so low at four and a half. Um, but I do like their defensive line. They still kind of look like a, a Mark D'Antonio, tough, gritty, in-your-face, every snap, play-to-the-whistle type of defensive line. Um, they added a lot of athletes through the transfer portal. Uh, guys like Kavarius uh, Crouch, starting linebacker at Tennessee, who was a five-star kid. You got a, a former four-star, Harold Joyner from Auburn, who's kind of a do-all-everything player. Uh, the secondary brought in a lot of SEC speed. When you talk about Chester Kimbrough from Florida, Ronald Williams from Alabama, wouldn't be surprised if they end up both starting, or at least one of them. A um, couple more transfers from Louisville and Arizona to round out that secondary. Wake Forest, Kenneth Walker is a proven kid who who uh, comes in at the running back position. So they're not going to be great. I'm not even saying they're going to be a, win a bowl game, but I think they could uh, win a bowl game. When you look at the schedule, and if you, you know, I, I think there's really an opportunity there for Michigan State to get at least to five wins. I think it's going to come down to the toss-up games. If, if you assume, you know, the games are going to lose, the Miami game, the Ohio State game, the Indiana game, the Penn State game. I, I think these are games they're going to lose, but they have a couple out-of-conference games that they should get W's in. And all I'm looking for here is a split with, with when they play at Northwestern Week 1. They're only getting four points. Uh, Four-point dog at home to Nebraska, five-and-a-half-point dog to Purdue, and a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Maryland. I, I think they can get a split there. I don't think that's asking for a lot. I think uh, they beat Western Kentucky. They beat Youngstown State. Um, they beat Rutgers. And you get probably beat Maryland at home. I like them over the Terps at home. And then you got, you know, the West games. Northwestern week one. Would not be surprised if they get a W there. Nebraska, Purdue. All you need is one more to get to five and give you the over. Now, if the number's five, I know I know there's four and a halfs out there. There's fives out there. There's five and a halfs out there. I think at five, it's a pass. I think it's a little too risky. I know you could say it's a push, but you're risking the L. And if you land on five, you know, it's they're probably going to be four, five, or six. So at four and a half, if it's five or six, you give yourself two wins. If it's on five, you only win on one of those numbers, and you got to get to the six. To me, then, it's a pass. Now we're going to go back to the West for our last two picks. The Northwestern Wildcats. At six and a half, I am going under. And I am as big of a Pat Fitzgerald fan as you'll find in the country. Um, I met him in New York when he was here for, when he was inducted to the college football fame as a player. I've had him on for numerous interviews over the years. Love the guy. Love what he, how do you not love what he's done with the program? Uh, I talked about last season, Tom Allen doing the most with the least in getting the you know Indiana into the top 10 well over the last decade who's done more with less than Northwestern 
you know, two Big Ten championship game appearances, including last season. The guy knows what he's doing. There's no way around that. But the the talent just isn't there right now. You know, the talent just isn't there. They they there's a reason they went three and nine two years ago. And they lost a lot. And, you know, they had a great year last year. Again, I don't want to take anything away from anybody. I hope, you know, they enjoyed themselves. They made the the Big Ten championship game again. The phenomenal job. Um, all that stuff. But they got to replace Patrick Ramsey, their quarterback. They have to replace their top four pass catchers from last year. The defense has got to replace eight players. Gone all Big Ten linebackers. Patty Fisher. Blake Gallagher, guys who started three, four years there, gone. First round pick, Greg Newsom, the second cornerback, gone. Ernest Brown, the fourth, their top pass rusher. And now they suffered a recently starting running back, Cam Porter, suffered a season-ending injury, which makes the losses in the transfer portal of Isaiah Bowser and Drake Anderson even bigger guys who had seasons where they led this program in rushing. At least if they were here, you would have guys that say you could maybe lean back on those guys. So I think there's just way too many question marks. People thought Ryan Helinski was going to be the starter. He got beat out by Hunter Johnson, who, yeah, he was a former five-star who went to Clemson. Um, obviously, once uh, Trevor Lawrence came, he saw the writing on the wall and transferred. He was supposed to be the big, big uh, transfer guy that was going to elevate this program in 2019 but he was a big part of the problem when they only won three games he didn't play all the games because he had injury issues and was in and out of the lineup but when he did play he completed 46 percent of his passes he threw one touchdown to four interceptions I, I cannot see him leading this roster to seven wins um the 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 schedule isn't too challenging they don't play they don't have to play Ohio State. They don't have to play Penn State. They don't have to play Indiana. So the three ranked teams from the Big Ten East they avoid, which plays in their favor. They get Michigan State. They get Rutgers, which are definitely winnable games. Um, the out-of-conference is easy. I, I know I'm sa- I sound like I'm pitching um, the over here for a second, but at the same time, they play Wisconsin – they play Michigan. They play Iowa. I, I think those are all losses. And then when you talk about, I'm going to give them uh, six toss-up games. And I think I'm being favorable in this because I'm going to include Michigan State, where they're favored by four and a half. At Duke, there's no line out at, that I've seen at least. At Nebraska, where they're a, a six and a half point underdog. At Minnesota, I mean, versus Minnesota, excuse me, where they're uh, a two and a half point underdog. So underdog at home to Minnesota, um, a one and a half point favorite over Purdue at home and a six and a half favorite over Illinois at home. I I, I don't think they're going to do better than three and three. And the reason I say I'm being favorable by calling those toss up games is because um, uh, Bill Connolly has Ohio as a toss up game which I'm giving Northwestern a win in, in, in my schedule breakdown. And he's got Purdue, Minnesota uh, uh, as um, likely losses, which I have, a, I have as toss-up games. So even with so much benefit to Northwestern, 
I still see six and uh, it's going to be hard for them to get to six and six. It really is. I I think, I think this could be a four and eight team. This could be a five and seven team, six and six, probably at best, maybe next season. I think this, this roster looks like it's a year away because the recruiting has trended up, but their talented players are all younger players. And that's just not how that's not Fitzgerald's formula. Fitzgerald's formula isn't win with talent. It's win as a team, win with discipline, win with team cohesion. So that doesn't work. That formula doesn't work with a young roster. That works with a veteran roster. So maybe in next year or the year after, the ceiling is raised once those guys gel and have those reps together as a team. But for this pur- for the purposes of this year, Northwestern is an underplay at six and a half. And then my last pick, which is my least favorite pick. So if uh, Michigan and Nebraska are five stars, I guess this is my three star. Maybe that makes you not want to play it. Maybe you throw a little less on it. But I'm going with Illinois over the three and a half. Over the three and a half. When looking at their schedule, they play Charlotte and UTSA out of conference. I'm expecting W's there. Now they also play, and in in the East, they get Rutgers and Maryland. So it's as favorable as it can get in terms of your Big Ten East crossover. Yes, they play at Penn State. Now that game will be a loss against Penn State, but I think in Rutgers and Maryland, those are two very winnable crossover games. Those are the two teams you'd want to play. Rutgers and Maryland, they're projected to be, you know, I guess you'd rather play Michigan State than Maryland, but now we're a little nitpicky and you get both of them at home. So if you take care of business by beating Charlotte and UTSA and you get one win out of those two, I'm not saying win both of those home games, just get one win out of those two. And right now they're a four and a half dog to Maryland. I'm guessing they'd be a small favorite against Rutgers. Not, not a lot, um, you know, no line on that out just yet. And that leaves us with, you got games against uh, Nebraska, where they're getting seven, at Purdue getting 10, um, Northwestern getting six and a half. Those are the lines right now. I think they're going to steal one. They're going to have to pull off an upset. This is, this is accurate. They're going to have to pull an upset. You got UVA, where they're getting 11. So they're going to have to pull off an upset somewhere along the line. But I think the team is good enough to do that. I don't think 4-12 and 12 is a stellar season. I think they're good enough to get four wins. You know, Lovey Smith got a similar roster to six wins. And, and his tenure was an utter disaster. Um, is the talent bad? Does Is the number necessarily wrong at three and a half? Not really. I'd make it four. But so, you know, I can't really go crazy about it being only three and a half. The thing that I do like is I think Brett Bielema is a good hire. He's back at home. He's in the he's in the Big Ten West. And the roster, while not great, 
does have a strong offensive line. This is what Brett Bielema wants to do, isn't it? He wants to ground and pound you, which is the right formula when you have less talent. Ground and pound you, control the ball, shorten the game. And they have a really darn good offensive line. How often do you see a team with a number as low as three and a half where people can say, hey, this is this is a top half of a power five conference offensive line. Typically, the offensive line is where the disaster comes to play, right? But this there is no disaster with this offensive line. This is a a, a very good offensive line. Teams who are ranked like Indiana would love to have this offensive line. The Darian Lowe, the left tackle, outstanding pass blocker, probably going to get drafted. He's going to be a kid that's going to get drafted. Doug Kramer at center is also somebody that NFL scouts are looking at. Your right tackle is an outstanding run blocker. So you have this good offensive line. You only need to get to four wins. The the I can't deny the 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 lack of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but the offense I think could be intriguing. You have Isaiah Williams, a former high four-star kid who schools like Alabama, uh, Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State wanted him as a wide receiver. Illinois took him as a quarterback. Well, he's going to be playing wide receiver this year. You have uh, Jafar Armstrong, very highly touted kid, very talented kid coming from Notre Dame. Um, Chase Hayden adds to their already strong running game. He's a guy that Brett Bielema had at Arkansas. You throw in uh, the tight end, Barker, who's a pretty solid pass catcher, as well as Ford, who transferred here uh, the year before. He went to Georgia originally, transferred back home to Illinois. He was the number two tight end in his class. So there's some talent here on the offensive side of the ball. And, and they're going to, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of too tight formations. So I really think, and Brandon Peters, don't love him. Former Michigan quarterback, uh, makes mistakes, but he, he can hit some big plays. Not the greatest quarterback, but again, the number's three and a half. He doesn't need to be the greatest quarterback. We don't need him to lead them to a seven and five, eight and four season. Four and 12 gets us there. So he's going to make some plays. He's got a big arm. He can hits. He throws a decent deep ball. He's one of those guys that kind of throws a better deep ball than, than the short intermediate routes. And he can run the ball too. He's not afraid to tuck it and run and pick up 15, 20 yards on the ground. So I, I think there's enough there with Illinois, with that schedule to get you to four wins and a winner with the over at three and a half. Now I'm going to go quickly speed through the teams that I have not taken a game on Ohio state. The number is 11 everywhere. What, what are you supposed to do with that number? I mean, they, they always win at least 11, right? So in theory, you could say, take the 11 and, and you'll at least get a push, but you can't say they're guaranteed to get to 11, especially when you have Oregon out of conference. If they lose that game, now, one slip up in Big Ten play, which can happen, especially with, uh, you know, you have an unproven quarterback, you have a team that has a young defense. Again, they're by far the favorite in the Big Ten. I'm not trying to say they're not. And if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say take the over. 
thankfully no guns to anybody's head as far as I know when it comes to this stuff. To me, it's a pass. Saying, I, I need 12-0 to win. Come on. That's a pass. Um, Wisconsin at 9.5. Also a pass for me. I think I think the number's right. Every time I go look at their schedule and go over their schedule, I see very much the possibility of it's going to be either 9-3. and three. I mean, uh, yeah, 9-3 and three or 10-2. and 9-3, and 10-2. Same with Iowa, eight and a half. I think the number is spot on. I, I, I want to go over to be honest with you with the roster, but when I look at the schedule and the quarterback, that makes me lean under, which again, for me, that means they're a pass. Uh, who else did I not give you a pick on Maryland? Whose number is five and a half. If there's a six out there, if I could find a six, I I might be tempted to go with the under. At five and a half, when I look at this team, when I look at how they've recruited, when I look at who they play, they should go over. This should be a bowl team. But this is, they're they're basically the Nebraska of the East in that they recruit at a certain level and then they perform at a different level, which is a much lower, lower level. Mike Loxley has never done it before. He's been a good OC. He's an outstanding recruiter. He still has to prove it as a coach. So I cannot put my money on the line with Loxley getting Maryland over the five and a half to become a bowl team. They, they should do it, but I'm not risking my money on it. And then finally, I believe the only other team that I have not made a play on is Rutgers, whose number is four. I think it's probably the right number if I, if I had to pick. Uh, honestly, I think it's a three or four win team. That's, that's what I think about it. You know, I know I had Alex Gleitman on who, who's, who covers Rutgers and he has them leaning more towards a five or six type win, win team. Honestly, I don't see how, I don't see how they're getting to six wins. I really don't. Um, I look at their schedule and at Syracuse is not a win. That is a toss-up game. You know, at Michigan is a loss. Ohio State's a loss. Michigan State at home is not a win. That's a toss-up game. At Northwestern's a loss. At, at Illinois is a toss-up game. Wisconsin's an L. Indiana's an L. Penn State is an L. Maybe Maryland is a toss-up game at home. Four toss-up games. Nobody's going 4-0 on four toss-up games. The talent there is still bereft uh they have some transfers greg shiano is an unbelievable coach and greg shiano and my faith in greg shiano i like the offensive coordinator that he brought in and sean gleason i I love the way they played last year they played you know hard they're going to be nasty on defense they're the games are probably going to be closer than we've seen in the past but at the end of the day i I don't see how they get to five i just don't and uh, but at the same time greg shiano man that guy he, he'll make things happen that I don't see happen. So to me, that's why Scarlet Knights, Rutgers, it's a pass. It's a pass. I think they're a three or four win team. I think three win is more likely than five. If I had to, I would take the under. But because of my respect for the program and, you know, would I be shocked if he outcoaches Mike Loxley? Would I be shocked if he outcoaches uh, even a Brett Bielema? No, I, I would not be shocked. Those things would not surprise me. Would I be shocked if they go to Syracuse and win and start 3-0 out of conference? 
where it gets you, you know, you're one win away from a push already. No, I, I wouldn't be shocked by any of those things, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they go winless in Big Ten play. I would not be shocked if they go winless in Big Ten play. I would not be shocked if they go three and nine. If there was a different coach, I'd be predicting ten and two with this two and ten, excuse me, with this roster. But because it's Shiano, that's a pass. All right, folks, I think I've rambled on enough. Uh, hopefully, I give you more winners than I give you losers. If that's the case, you know, just listen to the pod. That's it. That's all I ask. Just listen to the pod. Maybe even like it once I get it on iTunes, which should be shortly once I get the artwork. And with that, I'll let you go. I'm your host, Daniel Mogollon. This is the big, big, big 10 football show. And this is our over under picks. Good luck. Pick some winners.